0: And so tonight we're going to be talking about how to ascend to higher ground. You know, on Sunday morning, if you didn't, if you weren't here, if you didn't have an opportunity to hear Pastor Mark or Pastor Brenda, it was a wonderful message. I mean, on going higher, going higher in God. I have a lot of echo here. Um, Christine, if you could adjust that, huh? And, um, no matter what season of life we're in, no matter where you are in your walk with God, we can go higher. Amen. There's higher ground to stand upon. There's higher ground to gain. There's higher ground to access. And I don't know about you, but I want to go higher in God. I want to go deeper. I want to go farther. Amen. Amen. And so again, no matter what season of life you're in, you can come up higher. You know, there's natural seasons. We have in the natural, we have spring and we have summer and we have fall. Many places all over the world, they call it autumn. I think in the United States and Canada, we call it fall, but fall. And then we have winter and spring. You know, during spring, there's new life that breaks forth and Seeds take root in the earth. Flowers bloom and vegetation begins to grow. Animals that were hibernating, they begin to wake up. And temperatures begin to warm up. The days get longer and it's a beautiful season of the year. Then we have summer. Now, I don't know about you, but summer's really not my favorite. Temperatures get pretty high. And sometimes they can get so high that it gets uncomfortable. You know, this last summer, we had some heat waves there. And I'll tell you, it was a little bit to endure that heat wave. And sometimes in the summer, you know, people, if they're not careful, they go outside, they can get heat stroke or something. So summer is maybe a season that is a little bit harder to endure. Then there's fall or autumn, as we said, and most places around the world, uh, again, call it autumn, but temperatures begin to cool during the autumn. You know, you can sense the change when autumn or fall is in the air. The daylight becomes a little shorter. Leaves begin to fall. The plants begin to go dormant. And I'll tell you, it can be really beautiful, though, because the leaves turning, you can just, oh, especially on the East Coast, if you have an opportunity to see that. It's a beautiful sight. And so it's another season that, you know, we can enjoy. But then there's winter. And winter is a cold season of the year. It's the coldest season. And sometimes the conditions can become very harsh. I know here we have cold rainy seasons. So that can be uncomfortable a little bit, but nothing like Buffalo, New York. (laughs) That's bitter cold. And that's a time where it can be hard to endure, hard to bear. But you know what? You can survive it. Amen? And just like we have seasons naturally, we have seasons in life. And the seasons in life have similar experiences. Again, there's times of refreshing, like in spring. Times of enjoying new growth. Times of awareness. And then there's times, like in summer, when the pressure's on. The heat is on and it's not so comfortable. Then there's times when you sense that change, like fall is coming. Things begin to cool off. And again, it could be a beautiful time that you begin to enjoy. But look out because here comes winter and winter comes. And again, it's those times when you walk through some of the most, um, really the deepest and hardest and darkest times. And we all have seasons of life, and we all have opportunities, you know? In Genesis 8:22, God said to Noah that after the flood, this was His promise, this was his covenant, and it wasn't just to Noah, it was to all generations. He said this, that while the earth remains, while the earth remains, there's coming a new earth, I'm telling you. there will be seed time and harvest. Heat and cold, summer and winter, and day and night, it shall not cease. And so there's going to be seasons, and seasons bring different opportunities into our lives. One thing I know, though, is that seasons change. If you're in a season right now that might feel like winter And it might be cold and harsh and hard to bear. Just take heart because seasons do change. And we need to be prepared for those seasons. Amen. Like in the natural, you would put on a nice winter coat. Well, when you're going through a winter season, you know, that's not naturally speaking, but maybe spiritually speaking, maybe things happening in your life. Need to make sure that you put on an extra layer of the word. Spend extra time in the presence of God and allow him to strengthen you. Amen. You know, we enjoy and embrace the good seasons and we endure and persevere through the challenging seasons. The apostle Paul instructs us to do this in Philippians four verses six through 13. He says to be not anxious. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and it will guard your mind in Christ Jesus finally brethren and sister whatever is true Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Now, some things may be true. But if they're not praiseworthy, if they don't bring peace to your soul and to your heart, don't think on them. But it says here, whatsoever you have learned or received or heard or seen in me, do it. Practice it. Do you know we have to practice these things? And what does practice make? It makes improvement. We'll get better and better and better at it. And as we think on these things, then it says we will have peace. We will have peace. Verse 10 says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. At the last, you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content with whatever the circumstances are. Whatever season Paul was in, he learned to be content He says, I know how to abase and how to abound. I know I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether I'm fed or hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or want, I can. What does he say? What do we say? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so that's one of the keys to going up higher in every season of life is to do what you do with the strength of God. Amen. You know, God created the earth and he created man to experience the Zoe kind of life. In the Greek Zoe means God kind of life, eternal life, life without death, life without decay, Life without disappointment. But the fall of man occurred, and death was given legal access into the earth. We live in a fallen world, and so therefore we experience that which comes with that. You know, in First Corinthians uh, chapter 15 and verse 22, it says, "For as an Adam in Adam all died, but also in Christ shall all be made alive." And then in verse 45, it says, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The second Adam became a living, life-giving spirit. So though we experience death through the first Adam, we experience life when Christ Jesus came to live in our heart. And so we can say, thanks be unto God who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, this past Sunday, Pastor Brinder talked about coming up higher. She said the Lord is calling us to walk on higher ground. Do we hear his call? Do we hear his voice? He's speaking in the earth today. She gave us several examples of how to walk in a higher place, how to come up higher. We need to regulate our lives according to the word. We need to regulate our words and our confessions according to the word. We need to let our light shine and bring glory to God. God is calling us to stand on higher ground because he has purpose for you. He has purposes for your life, your daily life. Not just long-term goals, but what you do each and every day. How you impact the person sitting next to you. Or the person at the store. The person at your workplace. Your family. He has purposes for you. Hallelujah. And there's a higher way to live. Amen? So, I have a question for you. What does that look like in your life? I ask myself, what can I specifically do to ascend a higher ground? How can my prayer life increase? You know, and that means like fellowship with God. And it means all manner of prayer. Prayer is communing with God. Prayer is simply talking with him and then stepping back to listen to what he has to say to you. It's a dialogue not a monologue. Amen. It's not just something that we come to him and we say, Oh, we need this or we need that. Or can you do this? Or can you do that? No, it's communion with him fellowship with him. So how can we come up higher in our prayer life? What does that look like? How about our serving life? How can we come up higher in serving God and serving one another?s I think that starts in the heart. It starts in the heart and God will work his love, his heart, his gifts, his talents, his desires on the inside of you. So if you have just a little seed of a desire to serve in a certain way, maybe in the local church here at Heart of the Bay, I just want to encourage you to check it out because there is nothing like serving in the local church. God does amazing things in you, and he does amazing things through you. Hallelujah. And if you're not serving in the local church, oh, you're missing out. You're missing out. So how can we come up in serving? How about sharing Jesus? How can we come up in sharing Jesus with others? In the marketplace, in the highways, in the byways. How do we compel them to come? How about, um, how about letting our light shine again? How can we increase that? How can people look and see Christ in us? Mm. And experience him and his kindness and his love. Here's what I know about the enemy, though. He's walking around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour to keep you from going higher. Have you noticed that? Have you experienced that? One main strategy that he uses is to influence your soul to get you to compromise your walk with God. And it could be little subtle things. You know, he's designed a package just for you. And he'll knock on your door. And if you open the door, he'll say, "Here, special delivery. And you know what we used to say all the time in children's church? No way. We aren't going to receive that package. We do not sign for it. We do not receive it. We shut the door. Amen. And you gotta shut the door. You gotta refuse that package. Return to cinder. And you gotta do it on the onset. So to come up higher, we've gotta hold fast to the word of God. And we've gotta be good stewards over the life that God has given us. That means that in every area of our life, we're gonna yield to his spirit. And we're going to let him work. You know, we are a spirit. We're a triune being. We're a spirit and our spirit man needs to be fed the word of God. It needs to be nourished. It needs to ponder the word and to digest it and to allow the nutrients of it to bring us strength in our spirit. But then we have a soul and our soul is made up of our mind our will and our emotions. And we have to submit our minds, renew our minds and submit our will to the will of God. And we have to allow the thoughts of God to affect our emotions. Hallelujah. We also live in this body. And how many of you know we got to put the body under? We all have different ways that we need to be uh, coming up higher in that. Amen? We need to put the body under. And our brains, you know, our brains are part of our body. Your brain is not your mind. Your brain is part of your body. And sometimes your brain needs um, ministry. We all, Every part of our being needs ministry. Our spirit, our soul, and our body. So we need to find out what it is that our being needs and to make sure that we're taking care of it very well. If we don't take care of it, you know what happens? We get weary and well-doing. We get weary, and whose responsibility is that? When the word tells us, be not weary, it says to us that it's our responsibility to make sure that we're being good stewards over our triune being, over all the affairs of our life, so that we can walk in strength. I especially know that in the Bay Area, I'm telling you, we live in a place that moves fast and is full of traffic. You know, life is full of traffic, all kinds of traffic. But I'll tell you, when you've got to move fast and you're in traffic, guess what? Those two things will stress you out. This fast-paced culture that we live in, I'll tell you, it it can weigh on you. Mentally, physically, emotionally. And when you let your guard down in any area, your diligence will slip. Amen. And there's no effort required to do that. And so when this happens, the cares, the anxieties of this world enter in and choke the word. And the word becomes unfruitful. And then people wonder, what happened? Why isn't it working? God's word always works. So we have to go back and we have to find out, where, Lord, do I need to make an adjustment? What is it that I need to do? Do I need to take authority over some things? Do I need to change some habits? You know, people stay up all hours of the night sometimes. It can be easy to do that. It was much easier when I was younger, but I still stay up late. I'm a late owl. And so, you know, it, it it's like I have to discipline myself to make sure that I get to bed at a decent time so that I can get the rest that I need. Because if I'm not rested in my body, it affects my soul. And if I'm not rested in my soul, it's going to affect my spirit. So it's all connected. Amen. There is a spirit of anxiety that influences people today. The root of anxiety is fear. It is designed to keep you from rising up and standing on higher ground. It devours. It, it seeks to devour you. But it also seeks to oppress you. Oppression. Depression comes from anxiety, from fear. It's a spirit. We have not been given, however, the spirit of fear. What spirit lives on the inside of us? It's a spirit of power. Love. And what? A sound mind. A sound mind. Fear will try to distort God's word. And it will try to affect what you see and how you see it. It will bring confusion to your thinking. So stay rooted in his word. Allow the Holy Spirit to help you, to strengthen you, to work through you. You have to wait on the Lord and renew your strength. And it's not a passive waiting. It's not like, oh, I'm waiting for God to do something. You know, he's waiting for us. And part of that waiting is an expectation where we're expecting God. You see, you're using your faith. You're active in your faith. I'm expecting, I'm waiting on God, but I'm expecting God to do something good. A confident, favorable expectation of good. The church is rising up. Rising up because she has a work to do. We need to usher in the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're not going to do that if we're oppressed and anxious and fearful. If we're not being active and moving with the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in and through you and in and through the church. Amen. You know, one example I want us to look at for just a moment tonight is that an example of a type and shadow of the church today that is found in Ezra and Nehemiah. In the Hebrew Bible, Ezra and Nehemiah was actually one book. And the book of Ezra is about rebuilding the temple. And the book of Nehemiah is about rebuilding the wall. In the New Testament, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he wants to build up our lives. And he wants us to live in a place in the word where we're standing on that higher holy ground. God has called us to be a royal priesthood. A holy nation. Children of the Most High. God is faithful who has called you. And he will establish you. Do you hear me, church? He will keep you. He will keep you steadfast, giving you strength to walk as he has called you to walk. We know sometimes our hearts can be willing. But there's times like we've talked about where the flesh can be weak. And you know, Ezra's theme was about man's unfaithfulness, but also about God's faithfulness. Even when we're unfaithful, he's faithful. And his mercies are new every morning. And I'll tell you, that is good news. We all need it. When man steps off the pass and he misses his turn, God's faithfulness and his love will draw you back to his plan to his will, and to his purposes. And that's the place you're going to thrive. Many are the plans in a man's mind, but it's the Lord's plan that will be established and made sure. It's the place where you'll be fulfilled in your heart. You can try to run from God, but I'll tell you what, you won't get away. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As we look back at this time of history, Israel had turned off that path. And they had allowed sin and idol worship to come into their lives. And as a result, they lost possession of the land that God had given them and everything else. Well, Ezra was a priest. And he was an expert in the word. And he was devoted to God. And God used him to bring revival back, a a spiritual renewal to the people of Israel. And then Nehemiah came along. And Nehemiah challenged the people to be doers of the word, not hearers only, and to show their faith by their works. God always works by his spirit and through his word. And Nehemiah was a man of prayer. He knew the word of God. He had great qualities as a leader. He was an influencer. And he was a powerful, eloquent man. He had exceptional organizational skills. He had faith and confidence in God that God was going to help them to carry out and complete the work he was called to do. Now there was utter destruction. There was no homes to live in. There was no protection. So there was a great work that had to be done. But he was a courageous leader who defied the odds. Are we odds defiers? Yes, we are. We, gone, we are going to defy the odds because we know our God and they that know their God shall be what? Strong and do exploits. Nehemiah, through the power and working of the Holy Spirit, would lead the people to rebuild the wall and accomplish it in less than two months. And that previously had taken them 70 years to try to accomplish what Nehemiah under the anointing And direction and leadership of the Holy Spirit did. So for 70 years, they kept trying to build that wall. Now you're talking about big old walls, you know, where people would live in the walls. It wasn't like just a fence. But every time they'd start building, the enemy would come in there and knock it down. Now that's pretty discouraging. I mean, you're working hard. You're trying to, to do what God's called you to do. And every time you built yourself up, you got knocked down. Have you ever felt that way? Has has there ever been an opportunity for you to be discouraged? Well, there's an anointing and a strength to build. And when you do it under the leading of the Holy Spirit and under the unction and, and of the Holy Spirit, He too will expedite whatever endeavor is in your life. The Holy Spirit will help you. He will strengthen you to come up higher. Let's look at Nehemiah chapter 8, where Ezra had led a multitude of people in worship. They were blessing the Lord, and they were blessing their great God. And their heads were bowed as he led, and their faces were to the ground. And the family stood in the same place for Hours as Ezra read the words of the book of the law to the people. And the priest would go out there running to all this multitude of people trying to interpret what was being said. You see, the word had not been spoken. The book of the law had not been spoken. And they were hearing it after coming back, after repenting, after coming and turning to God. They were hearing it for the first time. How powerful. And so the priests were running to, to bring clarity and understanding to their eyes and to their heart. And the Holy Spirit was working with them. Most, again, had not heard the word. So let's pick it up in verse 8 in the NIV translation. It says this. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear And giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people have been weeping. And they had listened to the, as they had listened to the words of the law. So they were grieving. Mourning is grieving. And here, you know, they had been living a lifestyle of worshiping false gods and and entering into sin. And it separated them from the blessings of God. And here they come and they sit and they hear. And they begin to weep. And they begin to cry. And they begin to mourn. And suddenly, Nehemiah said to them, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sometimes we think we're moving with the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit will interrupt us and say, hey, I'll move in another direction. And this is what was happening. There's many expressions of the Spirit. And we got to know how God is moving in any situation. Sometimes there's uh, crying and weeping, but sometimes, as we're going to see here, there's other things that God wants us to do. And so Nehemiah said, go and eat the fat. Enjoy choice food and sweet drink and send some to those who have prepared nothing. Share what you have. This day is holy to the Lord. Do not grieve. For the joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. And so God knew that they needed to accomplish this grace task that was going to be set before them. And their strength would not come through mourning. It was to come through joy. The expression of joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. And we experience it also in our souls. We have been given that spirit of joy. That spirit of power. That spirit of love. And a sound mind. You know, Nehemiah, his name actually meant Yahweh's comfort. Comfort also encourages. And the Holy Spirit wants you to take his yoke upon you. He wants you to do this because his burden is light and easy. He wants to give you rest for your soul. He wants you to be in a place where his love is affecting every part of your being And his peace and his joy abounds. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God wants above all things. He desires that we prosper and be in health, even as what? Our soul prospers. There's four principles that help us to accomplish What God wants us to do that we can see inside Nehemiah's situation here. I want to call them the four C's to a prosperous heart and soul. The first one is compassion. He had compassion and he had passion for the vision set before him. Then cooperation, cooperation to carry out the will of God. You've got to cooperate with God, the Holy Spirit, his word and with one another. You know, the enemy seeks to divide so he can conquer. So we've got to put that guard up. You're not coming here. Then confidence. Confidence resulting from that place of prayer. You know, fervent prayer. And from the word as they they gained understanding and insight, they gained confidence. And then courage. Courage to refuse to compromise. Amen? Building this wall was the will of God. And they were going to accomplish the task. Ezra and Nehemiah put the people in remembrance of the law. They knew the word and they kept it before them. And that produced strength and that produced what they needed for that season. You know, Second Timothy verses, chapter 1, verses 6-8 says, Wherefore I put you in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in me, in you. Every one of you have a gift of God and you've got to stir it up. And sometimes you may not feel like coming to church or you may not feel like serving or you may not feel like being kind, but allow the love of God that's shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, stir it up. You can stir it up in prayer. You can stir it up by encouraging one another. Amen? You can stir it up. And God wants us to do that. It says a a, a sound mind, uh, again, which is what God wants us to walk in, that place of having a sound mind, because, again, our mind and our will and our emotions work together to influence, you know, our heart. And our heart influences our soul. And so a sound mind is a mind that's calm. It's a mind that's well balanced and disciplined and has self-control. Self-control is a fruit of the spirit. And sometimes people say, well, I just can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. Because God, he will help you. He will help you. He will help you. To walk in the fruit of self-control. You can do all things through him. Whatever it is you need to cut off. Whatever needs to be plucked out of your life. Whatever it is, God will help you and empower you to do it. And we all have things, don't we? Places where we have to lay aside some weights so we can come up to higher ground. Lord, help us. Amen. You know, I just wanted to share with you um, something that happened to me the other night. And I'm sure that you may have experienced this too at certain times. I went to bed and suddenly there was like a flood of evil forebodings. Do you know what that is? It's like evil thoughts, evil. It's fear about things that could happen. And it's a presence, it's a spirit. And it came to flood my soul. And I'll tell you, I had to fight to turn that thing around. But you know, I've trained myself. And so I recognize this there's some this is this is a spiritual thing. I need to take authority. But down on the inside of me, you know what the Holy Spirit is so precious, and this is how He will help you to make sure that you're coming up. You're standing in higher ground. You're standing in holy ground. He'll speak to your heart. And he began to speak to my heart. And you know that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Oh, the words to that song began to come up in my heart. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And so I began to turn my eyes back to him. I began to fix my heart and open my heart and turn my heart to him so that he could feel it. And I began to have peace. And I began to be able to rest in peace. But the next day, that spirit of fear tried to attack my soul again. As the enemy does, he tries to come and steal the word that was sown in your heart. I mean, through circumstances, through thoughts. But we don't have to surrender to those thoughts. And we don't have to surrender to circumstances. We are not at the mercy of circumstances in our lives. What shall we say to these things? What shall we say to circumstances? Things? Circumstances? Circumstances? God is for me, so you can't stand against me. Amen? you got to speak to them. you got to take authority in the name of Jesus. And so I went along, and then all of a sudden, you know, hours later, that evil foreboding tried to come back and tried to harass me. But you know, I know what to do thank God for this church that teaches us what to do. And I turned my eyes upon Jesus. I ran to the word. And you know, somebody had sent me a song. Somebody close to me sent me a song. And the song was so anointed. It was so full of power and it flooded my soul. It lifted me up and set me back up on a higher ground. And I want us to hear it tonight. But before we can do that, we're going to have to say goodnight to our o- online audience because we can't play it. It's a- on YouTube. We're going to let you know exactly the name of the song. We're going to put it up there in just a moment. And you can listen to it as we go off. And so what I'd like to do at this time is I'd like to go ahead and play the song. It's called Sound Mine by Brian and Katie Torwalt.